Amen. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. To all the many fathers out there. Now we have, um, today is Father's Day, and we are in a series called All In, right? We've been talking that, about that for a few weeks. And um, uh, the first couple of weeks, we dealt with, are you lukewarm? Are you a lukewarm Christian? And, and in terms of being all in, you cannot be lukewarm if you want to be all in for Jesus Christ, right? There's hot, there's cold, there, there's not lukewarm. You can't be all in for Jesus Christ and not be hot for him, right? We talked about that the last couple of weeks. Well, today being Father's Day, um, we wanted to talk about another. the next part in this series, being all in, requires spiritual covering. That's what we're going to talk about today is spiritual covering. And what does that mean? Because I'll, I'll tell you, there is a lot out there that is incorrect about this concept in the Word of God, this spiritual covering in the Word of God. You know, and from both ends. One, people will say that, that there is this harsh covering, that, that there is a complete responsibility um, where you have ultimate control over somebody else, where they take that, that responsibility and shift it more to control. Okay? How, how, if I'm a spiritual covering for somebody, I control them. And that's not what the Bible says. Okay, we're going to go through some of that. But the opposite end doesn't work either, where there is no spiritual covering except Jesus Christ. Okay, how when I accept Jesus Christ into my heart, that he is my only spiritual covering, I don't need to worry about any spiritual coverings here on this earth. Okay, that's the opposite extreme, which also is a problem. Many times we find ourselves somewhere in the middle, and I think that's where we're going to find ourselves this morning, but this concept of spiritual covering is important, and we're going to see why. There are two types of spiritual covering. Okay, the first type is something I just mentioned, which when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, is the first spiritual covering. Okay, that is direct to Jesus Christ. Now let's pray before we get into this, and uh, we're going to turn to 1 Timothy, but let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, God. Thank you for who you are and what you desire to do in our lives. I invite your Holy Spirit to this place this morning, God, because it is he who takes our relationship with you and opens the word of God, helps us to understand your word. So God, we pray for that understanding this morning. This important concept of covering, of spiritual covering, God, help us to see in your word what you intend for us to see. And Lord, I just pray for your blessing this morning on each and every person here. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And this first type of covering is direct to Jesus Christ. When we have accepted him into our heart, we have a direct covering of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. And you know what? One thing, too, I, I mentioned the last couple weeks, I'm going to continue to mention in this series. I, I'm going to use a lot of scripture. And Acts 17.11 says you're responsible to take what is said to go home and prove it out. Don't just accept what I say. Don't just believe what I say. 
Go home, prove it out. So I'm going to ask you to write down the scripture references. So when you go home, you could do that very thing. That you can go ahead and prove this out. Okay, so 1 Timothy 2, 5 says this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Jesus Christ. So our concept of a mediator... Okay, between us and God, there is only one. There is only one who can go to the Lord to cover our sin. That's Jesus Christ. No other man or woman paid that price. No one else, not a priest, not anyone else can go to the Lord for you to pay, to, to pay for your sins, to cover your sins. Only Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the only one who died on the cross. He's the only one that was worthy living a sinless life to offer a perfect life to cover our sin. I want you to notice something in that verse, because it, 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 a lot of people don't realize this. But what does it say there? And I'm reading from the ESV, but at the end of that verse it says, The man, Jesus Christ. Do you realize that there is a man sitting on the throne of God right now? He is not sitting on his own throne, the Bible says. When he arose from the grave, he went and sat at the right hand of his father. He sits at the right hand of God. And we know that during the millennium, after the, after the tribulation, he will come and he will sit on his earthly throne. He is a hundred percent man. Still, he is a hundred percent God, but he is a hundred percent man. When he rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, he did not lose his manhood. He did not lose his, his human aspect. Why? Because he couldn't pay for our sins if he did. Because, see, there had to be a payment for sin. The sin that man did had to be paid for by a man. Okay, So we have a direct spiritual covering. When we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, we have a direct spiritual covering in him. That means that he goes to the Father to cover our sins. If you remember weeks and weeks ago when we talked about the putting on the whole armor of God, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness. That when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, it's not our righteousness, Right? Because we can't. We can't put on our righteousness. We are not righteous. We put on Christ's righteousness. When we put on his righteousness, the Father sees us as perfect. The Father sees us as holy. So when he looks down, he sees us through the filter of Jesus Christ. That is that direct spiritual covering that Jesus Christ offers. Amen. Now, the next one is earthly and at different levels. Okay, now what I mean by that, we have an earthly covering that we go and get connected with. Everybody in here, if you recall last week, when we talked about the, I think it was last week, talked about the centurion, or it might have been Thursday night, I can't, was it Thursday night? Okay. We talked about this centurion who said, Jesus, no, I, I, I need my servant healed, but, but no, you don't need to come to my house because I, like you, am, am a man under authority and have authority. So just say what you need to say and it will happen. 
See, each of us, as we go through life, we will be under authority, and we also will be in authority at different times in our life. Okay? I want you to look at the spiritual covering in terms of authority, in terms of accountability. The Hebrew word for covering in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is kasad, K-A-S-A-H. Okay? And what that means in the, in the Strong's Concordance means to plump, to fill up the hollows, to cover. So if you, if, if you can imagine if you have like a, like a placard here and it, it's kind of got cracks in it and stuff and you pour a liquid in there, and now all of a sudden it's smooth as glass, right? It covers all of the things in there, all of the blemishes, all of the problems, all of the cracks. Okay, that's the picture of a covering. That's the picture in the Old Testament from the word kasa, to cover. It means to fill, to fill in all the gaps, to completely cover, okay? A covering means accountability, excuse me, accountability and protection. Okay, it's not just authority, because oftentimes we place ourselves under a covering. And we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But a covering basically boils down to two things. It's accountability and it's protection. We place ourselves in accountability for our protection, right? I want you to turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, and we're talking about covering here. Romans chapter 4 verse 7 says this, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Let's, let me read that again. Blessed are those who law, whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. The word covered there in the Greek is epikalypto, which means to conceal, to forgive, or to cover. Again, think about that process of, of pouring into the gaps. Everything becomes new. The covering makes it new. It all, it all fills in. Okay? In, in that, there is forgiveness. So blessed are those who are covered. Blessed are those who are forgiven. I won't have you turn there, but 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. talks about how love covers a multitude of sins. That same word there covers, the, the, the same Greek word of epikalypto is in that same verse in, Romans thir- or in 1 Corinthians 13. It means to cover, to forgive, to make unknown. Okay? It takes care of our sin in this case. So, so blessed are those whose sins are covered. Blessed are those who, who are placed under a spiritual covering. Now we're talking about also not just being direct to Jesus Christ, because see, when we were saved, when we accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts, we had all of our sin forgiven. Okay, past, present, future. All of it was forgiven 
in terms of before the Father. Okay? Has anyone ever been confused why then do we have to continue asking forgiveness? You know, that confused me a little bit when I was younger. If I'm already forgiven, why do I have to ask forgiveness for stuff that I do? Well, it's because we are forgiven before the Father. However, we are still responsible for our walk with Christ. We're still responsible in our sanctification. How we develop our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we're responsible for that. We sin in that every day, and the Bible says that when we sin, our relationship with him is hindered. We can't go before his throne. We can't pray. We can't have fellowship with him if we're in known sin. How do we fix that? He, he, he doesn't die again. He doesn't come and die on the cross again. Right? Paul said that. A foundation's already been laid. He's not going to come and die again. So there gives account a forgiveness of sin, which then cleans that slate. When we're developing a relationship with him, when we are believing him in our walk, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, he allows forgiveness to clean that slate when we go before him. As a matter of fact, it has to be. We cannot grow in our relationship with him if we are not clean before him. If we are not opening up ourselves and understanding what we do that hurts him. If you ever had a relationship, you know, husband, wife, or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, a, a close relationship where maybe you hurt that other person or they hurt you, unless you settle that, you're not going to go very far in the relationship, right? I mean, it, it's going to end. It's going to dwindle down and become an end or become a huge problem. You take care of those things. You openly talk about it. You go in with a vulnerability to make that right. It's the same with Jesus Christ. See, when we hurt him, sin hurts him, hurts our relationship with him. But he gives us the opportunity to come humbly before him. Right? To open up, to say, Lord, I am so sorry for what I did. To be vulnerable before him. And that allows, that, that not only allows the relationship to move on, it allows the relationship to strengthen. It allows it to get stronger. Right? So that's what he's saying here. Turn to John 14. And this is, again, going to lay out the position that Jesus has in this concept of covering. John chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, says, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus, again, he is our only covering before the Father. He is the only covering we need before the Father. We don't need another person between us and the Father. Jesus is the only one. We are, however, accountable to that covering. If Jesus Christ is our covering, we are accountable to him. Why? Because he bought us with a price. You've heard that, right? When he died on the cross for our sins, he paid the price for our sin. Everybody's sin. 
those who accept him fall into that grace. When we accept him, we accept that price. We accept the fact that he bought us with a price. And we lay our lives on the line because we accept the grace that he gives. And it was 100%. It's not anything of us. Our justification has nothing to do with us except for the fact that we accepted it. He did everything on the cross. But when he did that, and we accepted it, we placed ourselves in a position of accountability. We placed ourselves in, this, in, in the position of him being our spiritual authority. Okay, and that, that's a good thing. Right? We are accountable to Jesus Christ. It can't be that when you accept him, it's over with. Now you just get to live your life however you want. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean you don't go to heaven, because if you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and live your life however you want, you will go to heaven. The Bible promises that, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. However, your relationship here on earth with him and your sanctification will never develop. And we're going to get into that in a couple of weeks, what that means. What does that mean when we don't live a sanctified life here on earth? Does that hold any real bearing on what it's going to be like in heaven or what it's going to be like in the millennium? Yeah, it does. The Bible's chock full of what that's going to mean in our lives, what that's going to mean to you and to me. So it's really important to understand we are accountable to Jesus Christ. We're accountable with our walk. We're, we're accountable to developing our relationship with him, right? So I want to talk today a little bit about different types of covering. And today's Father's Day, so I think it's fitting to talk about the covering of a father, right? A father is placed in a unique position. A father is accountable to God, but then he is a covering for his family. And fathers and husbands have a responsibility in that covering. They have a responsibility to love, to protect, to guide. Okay, now remember, I'm talking about Christians. We have a responsibility before God. I'm, I'm a Christian father and husband. I have a responsibility before God to love guide, and protect my family. I am a covering for my family. And as a father, that is something that, that's laid out in Scripture. I want you to turn to James chapter 5. And th this is where a lot of people, and actually one of the, I can't remember if I'm going to, we'll get into a little bit, but uh, in 1 Corinthians, we'll read later, 1 Corinthians 11 talks about a covering, um, how, how the, the father is, or the, the man is in a marriage relationship, the man is over the woman, and, and the man is before God, and all that. We'll get into that a little bit. But I want you to understand that this over, this covering, this is not about a dictatorship, right? This is not about telling them what to do, and being some kind of boss. What, what, what does it say? It, it talks about love, guide, protect. Let's look at James chapter 5, verse 20. It says this, 
Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. See, you can't do that without love. Look at the prime example, Jesus Christ. Did Jesus Christ come down and did he push the law? No. He came down and fulfilled the law. Why didn't he push the law like the Pharisees were doing? Did that mean that the law was not good, was not right? No, the law was perfect. The law was righteousness. The law was exactly what God required to be present with him. So why didn't Jesus Christ push that? Because he knew that by covering the sin, by covering the law, man could have accessibility to the Father. We can't have accessibility any other way. Because for some 4,000 years, they tried it. And there was only one righteous. And that was the one who died for us on the cross. No man was able to do it. No man was able to fulfill the law. doesn't mean that, well, I can't fulfill it, so I don't try. Okay, that's not the point. But the point was no man could do it. So Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for our sins, what? To cover. To cover what we couldn't do. Not what we don't try to do, but what we couldn't do. We cannot live perfect, righteous lives. We, we're born into this sin nature. So he covered for the sake of our sin. See, a father does the same thing. A father is supposed to love his family, not to be a dictator over them, but to love them to righteousness. See, I could choose over my two girls, and and Alexis for that matter, I could choose to give them a list of here's your do's and don'ts. Here's what you need to do. Because I'm your covering, I'm responsible, you are accountable to me, and here's what you have to do. First of all, that wouldn't go over too well. Okay? But you know what? I wouldn't be covering anything. I would be breeding a war. Right? Even with my two girls, I'm not pouring anything into them that is love. I'm not covering anything. I'm doing no different than what the law did and just tell them, here's what you do, do it or don't. Okay, they're not going to live up to that. Why do I think they're going to live up to that when Jesus Christ knew that no man could? So I shouldn't put them under the same responsibility that Jesus Christ took them out of. So instead, as a father... What I do is I pour love into them. I show them the way. I guide them in righteousness. In the righteousness of the word of God. doesn't mean that I don't teach them good. Of course. Of course Jesus Christ teaches us good. 66 books of the Bible teach us how he wants us to be. How he wants us to act. So I pour into them... The very love that Jesus Christ showed me. And it becomes a covering for them. So when they make a mistake, I'm there to cover them. 
I'm there to guide them. I'm there to protect them. Protect them from others. Sometimes protect them from themselves. Now, the relationship between Alexis and I is a little bit different. I am a covering for her. But we're also one. We're together. So she is not just accountable to me. I am as well accountable to her, even though I am her covering. And I'm I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. We're going to go into that in the next section. But a covering, a father is a covering for his family. That covering is not a dictatorship. That covering is love, protection, guidance. If you really love somebody, you're going to guide them. You're not going to clasp their hands and yank them. Because you want them to come willingly. Just like God did us. You know, Jesus Christ could have forced us to believe in him. That wouldn't have been love. That's why he didn't force us. He gave us free will. He gave us the option to make a choice. And when we choose him, that's love. That's why from doing that, he gives us the greatest gift that we could possibly ever receive. That's eternal life with him. He covers us with love. So as fathers, we are to cover our, our families with love, guide them and protect them. By the way, to the point of death. Because it says that fathers be as Christ is to the church. What did Christ do for the church? He died. He died for the church. He gave up his human life for the church. He lived a sinless life, and in in the three years of his ministry, he went through literal hell for us. So, with him as the example to the church, a father is supposed to love, guide, cover, even to the point of death. There's nothing more important. There is no responsibility greater than that. How about a covering for a church? A covering for a pastor, even? Okay, we have a unique situation here being a startup, brand new startup church. We're not affiliated with any other churches. We didn't, you know, start up under some known assembly or anything else. So does that mean that we're not accountable to anything? No, see, it was important when that was the case. It was important to me, knowing the the fact of covering, a spiritual covering is important for a church. It's important for me. It was important for me to find who God wanted us to have as a spiritual covering. And without getting into the story now, amazing, amazing ways that he led us to Life Center up in Harrisburg, PA, and Charles Stock. And I thank God for what he's doing there, this church who is now our spiritual covering, who right now I am going through the process of ordination with, who we are going through the process of being sent from. See, we're not just a church on our own. And nobody should be. We should all be accountable to someone. 
we should all be accountable to something that actually holds us accountable. Why is that? Because if you don't, you start to pervert the word of God. And you start to go in directions that not only hurt you, but they hurt your family. They hurt the very people you love. And so, so as a church, we have placed ourselves under a covering. That covering is a responsibility. We have a responsibility that, to those who cover us. Now, I as a pastor have done the same thing. I have placed myself under a covering of Life Center, under a covering of Charles Stock, of these men that will pour into me and hold me accountable to make sure what I'm teaching is right, to make sure the decisions that I make are right. I am held responsible to the elders of this church. Now, right now, we only have one. Happens to be the oldest guy around. My dad, Colin. <laughs> so he's truly an elder. He's a really old elder. No, but we, I'm responsible to the elders of this church. And as this church grows, as the elder board grows, I am responsible to that elder board. See, I can't just do what I want. Even if my intentions are right, that's unhealthy. It's not right. It leads to so many things that can take you off the path. That's why God puts this concept together of a spiritual covering, of accountability. It's for the very protection of me. See, God knows my heart. God knows that there is nothing I won't do for him. To the best of my ability, I want to do whatever he wants me to do. However, if I did not have accountability, if I did not have a covering over me, that could easily fade. That could easily be taken off course just a little bit. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is the direction i got to go. And it might seem right. But without that covering, it takes me in the wrong direction, especially over time. That's critically important to understand that. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Just right after James there. 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3. And this is talking to pastors who shepherd a flock. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 3 say this. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Here's what he says. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Okay, what's he saying there? He's saying that I'm to be a covering. Not domineering, not demanding, but by example. 
And that concept works with every covering. You are a covering by example. What was Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ said, do as I do. He was an example to us how to live a life. That's why he came and died on the cross. That's why he lived as a human for the 33 years that he did. He was an example to us on how to live. So when we're a covering for somebody else, we are an example to them. We do it by our own life, not by our words. Man, how many, I guarantee anybody in here knows at least somebody who likes to tell what to do without showing what to do. Right? See, we're not supposed to do that. We're, st- we're supposed to be examples in our own life of, of what we want to cover, of how we're supposed to be. So a pastor, or for that matter, any ministry leader, this is not just for pastors, this is any ministry leader, anyone placed in charge of lives within the flock, are to be a covering by example. I want you to turn to John chapter 10, verses 11. John 10, 11, again, takes it to the extreme. Okay, we talked earlier about how Christ died for the church, right? John chapter 10, verse 11 says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. What does that mean? For Jesus Christ, it was all about us. He came, died for us, for us. He already had heaven, right? He already had everything from the Father. So him coming to die was for us. So a good person who is covering other people, they're to be like the good shepherd. As an example, they're to give everything for those who they cover. I'm to give everything to my family. Remember, we talked about it in in terms of the guidance, of the protection, of the love. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. I'm to give everything to this church body. Everything in who I am, I'm to give to this church body. Why? As an example. There is nothing that I should be telling you to do that I'm not willing to do myself and willing to show in my own life. That's important. That's an important stage of accountability. Because I as well am accountable to you. How I live my life makes me accountable to you. Because of the position God's placed me in. So a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And I want you to turn now to 1 Corinthians 11. And this is an area... You know, this, this is what I had talked about before. This is an area of, of head coverings. Okay, when it, it, let, let's just read first. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3 through 5, say this. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. 
But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. This is a hard concept to understand. Okay, I bring it up. We're not going to get into it in depth. I want to encourage you, if you want to find out more about it, come and ask me about it, because it would take <laughs> way too long to do it in this sermon. Okay, But there's a lot of confusion that comes about this. Because many people think that, that because the man is head over the woman in a relationship, in a marriage relationship, that means he's a dictator. That means she is to stay in her little spot, okay, they're not, not speak, just, just say there, do whatever he wants her to do. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. That, that, that is so false, and I'm going to show you why, but, but I want you to understand that God gave me, let me use the example of Alex and I. We started this church together. This was not Greg starting this church. This was Alexis and Greg starting this church together. Now yet, when we got married, she placed herself in a relationship of accountability with me. As God said in in what we just read, she is, I am a covering to her. Okay? I am responsible Spiritually for her, just as Christ became spiritually responsible for the church. I am spiritually responsible for her. Does that mean I dictate everything she does? No. It means what I am most concerned about is her personal walk with Jesus Christ. Where she is at with Jesus Christ is the number one thing to me. And then where she takes that relationship, now that we are, we are in this church, where she takes that relationship into pouring into others, that, that becomes something I'm really interested in. I'm really concerned about because I am her protection. I want to make sure that what she is doing is about her relationship to Jesus Christ. Okay, now from that... I could, I could do a couple different things, right? I could say, well, you, you just stay under my arm here, and I can protect you this way. Just don't do anything. If you don't do anything, there's nothing I have to protect. Okay, but what I've just done is I have cut off her ministry to untold amounts of people people that she would have influence over, people that she would be able to lead to the Lord to to share things with, I've just kept her from them. Instead, if I'm really concerned with her walk with the Lord, I would want to enhance that. That's how I'm growing, right? I'm growing in my personal walk when I do what the Lord wants. When I seek ministry, when I tell people about Jesus Christ, when I share the gospel, that grows my relationship to him, right? Why would it be any different from her? It wouldn't. That's how her relationship grows. So as her covering, I'm concerned with that. I want to make sure that she's growing in her ministry. And, and again, this, this 
to a lot of people in the church to be, today can be very controversial. Because they, they say, well, there's no women preachers. There's no women teachers. You know, a, a woman should not teach a man. Okay, and there, there are two, two um, passages in particular that talk about that. And those passages can be very easily misunderstood, and they are by many people. What it's talking about is that there has to be a covering. There has to be a covering in every part of ministry. There has to be a covering in every part of our life. Why? Because we have to be held accountable. I have to be held accountable for what I say. She has to be held accountable for what she does in ministry. And as she preaches and teaches under this umbrella of ignition, that accountability is what pushes her forward. It's what pushes me forward. It's what will push those of you forward who step up in ministry. See, it's that accountability that gives us the authority to move forward, the ability to move forward, right? So I am a head, a, 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 a covering over my wife. And every godly relationship, the man is a covering over the wife. Okay? Now, but let's, let's read a little further because Paul then goes and he adds a little bit more to this that, that explains a little bit more. Let's read 11 and 12, verses 11 and 12 of the same chapter. Nevertheless, he goes through and goes through these things about the, the man being the covering. He says, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not a dependent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. What he's basically saying here is, he said, bottom, bottom line is you are accountable to each other. There is accountability both ways. She may be accountable to me, but I am just as accountable to her. When we stand before the Lord, what I pour into her, I'm going to be accountable for. What I hold back from her, I'm going to be accountable for. Same thing with her with me. Right? There is an accountability and a covering there that covers that accountability, that covers those things that can be a problem, that keep us kind of veer us off track a little bit. I could tell you a thousand times, probably more than that, where Alexis has pointed out something where I'm kind of going a little bit wrong direction. If you've, if you've been in a relationship, a, a long-term relationship, married or anything else for very long, you, you know that's the case. But that's, that's what your partner does. She has helped me stay on course. And I'm sure I, I have helped her stay on course. Because that's the mutual accountability. However, my covering, she is not a covering for me. I am a covering for her, the Bible talks about. That's what we just read. That I am responsible. Ultimately, when I stand before the Bema Seat of Christ, part of my responsibility is for my wife and my children until they're out of the house. 
And once they're out of the house, I don't have to be responsible for them anymore. <laughs> no, but with her, I, I am her covering. Okay, That's why when she preaches and teaches, it is under my covering. Just as though when I teach and preach, I am of, under the covering of Life Center Church. Well, technically, of, of the elders here, of which are under Life, Life Center Church. Does that make sense? You, you, you understand that there, there's no, where we are, there's no top. Somebody is under somebody in terms of accountability, in terms of, of covering. And then finally, the third one is a covering for our lives. These principles apply to each person in a very personal way, in a very down-to-earth way. Each of us have a need to have a covering as well as develop into a covering for others. You can't just skip life and not get this concept. If you want to grow in Christ, if you want to have your relationship sanctified in Jesus Christ and grow closer and closer to him, this is a concept you better get. You will be placed in a position of a covering for somebody else, whether you're, by the way, whether you're a father or not. Okay, you'll be placed as a covering for somebody else, and you will also be under a covering of somebody. If you take on a ministry situation here, if you were to take on, you know, working with the kids, or like Peter and Lindsay took on taking on the youth, they placed themselves in a position of being a covering for somebody else. Again, I want to point out that's not a dictatorship. That's not where they just tell the youth, do this, do this, and do this, and you'll be good. No, they pour their lives into them. To become a covering for somebody else means you are sacrificing your life for them. You are caring about their growth in their walk with Jesus Christ. So you're pouring everything that you are into them. So if you want to grow with Christ, that's something that has to be one of the steps in your life. If you figure you're never going to be in ministry at some point doing something, then you're only going to grow to, to a certain point. Because this concept of covering and being covered is a part of our growth with Jesus Christ. That's how we learn what he did for us. When we sacrifice for others, it makes more clear the sacrifice he made for us and what he did for us on the cross and throughout his life. I want you to turn back to 1 Peter 5. We're just there. 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 9, say this. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves... Uh, uh, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Let me stop there a second before we go on to verse 9. That's why we do this. What did it just say? 
There's an adversary, the, the devil, who is active. He is actively seeking us today. He's actively seeking ways that he can derail our lives. He does that all the time. That is his 24-7 job. That is his purpose. That he just wants to ruin. That's all he does. That's all he thinks about. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't do anything else. He doesn't take a vacation. He seeks how he can destroy you. Not even just a little bit. He wants to utterly destroy you. If you have been saved, if you have been accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, there's nothing he can do about you going to heaven. But there's everything that he wants to do about destroying your testimony for Jesus Christ. The very thing that will be an example to others to draw them closer. Again, the concept of that covering. Verse 9, resist him. This, this devil. Resist him. Be firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So he said, recognize you're not the only one suffering. In verse 9, recognize the fact that, that those are suffering with you. The brothers, the sisters around you, they're all suffering with you. And it's what Jesus Christ came and did on the cross for us that allows us to get through it. And it's this concept of accountability, making ourselves accountable to each other, is what strengthens us. Right? Iron sharpeneth iron, remember? Okay, we are responsible for each other. We will be placed in positions of a covering of accountability where that, that's what helps us move forward. That's how we'll move forward as a church. If we don't have any accountability, don't have any covering, how far do you think we'll go as a church? We're not going to go far. The, accounting, the accountability and the covering is what makes it healthy. It's what makes it before God. Not, not about a business. Not about something that we're just doing in our own strength. But when we become accountable to each other and we cover each other, that allows God to work in our hearts. That allows him to work in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Turn to Proverbs chapter 11. This will be the last verse. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. You've all heard this verse. In an abundance of counselors, there is safety. If you have a problem, if you have an issue that, that you're working with, if you get godly advice, you are safer in what you're doing. That's what a covering is. If you get godly covering over you that will pour into you, there's safety in that. At every level. That's why for me, it was really important to be sent by a church. 
and to be ordained by a church. Did it require it? No, I mean, I'm not ordained yet. I could still preach. I I still understand his word. Holy Spirit still speaks through me. But see, eventually that's a problem if I am not held accountable. If I'm not held accountable, then there's nowhere to go with it except in my own strength. So that's why this concept of covering is important. It keeps us safe. Just like the the abundance of counselors, the abundance of covering keeps us safe. Helps us make good decisions. Right? So in closing, I just want you to consider in your own life, where is your accountability? Where are your coverings? If you're saved, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, then you have a direct covering by Jesus Christ. Okay, but what about your earthly coverings? What about those in your life that cover you in your walk with Jesus Christ, that help keep you on track? What about those in your life that you are a covering for? Do you help others? Are you a covering for someone else that you pour into them? Because you can only go so far in your walk with Christ without it. You will always stay a baby in Christ unless you move forward with this concept of accountability and actually doing something within the body. It's really important for us to understand in this church because, see, God's calling some of you to step forward in those relationships. God's calling you to do something with the gifts that he's given you. And that's the only way we're able to grow in him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,